Hey, Steve, thank you for joining me today at BCD Behind Closed Door Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Ladies and gents, I'd like to introduce you to Steve Kidd, best-selling author, business coach, radio show host, and a man that knows all about selling bestsellers or creating bestsellers. Steve, just a word from you. Please introduce yourself. Thanks so much for having me, Dwayne. My name is Steve Kidd. I'm a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of 21 books now and counting. Um, I have the privilege of working with authors to help them write publish, market their books to bestseller and beyond. There's about four or 5,000 of them that I've worked with now. And the coolest part about that is that equates to literally millions of people who have gotten their books, read their books, and whose lives have been changed by that amazing thing that they do in the world. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think there is a there's a lot of a book, there's a lot of book readers in the world and a lot of people that would love to write a book at least once in their life. Um, so, but before we jump into that, Steve, I just want to know a little bit about your background. What, where, where was Steve or who was Steve before the bestsellers and before the books? So I've been in sales literally my whole life. I started selling at five. Um, I was a sales manager by the time I was 19, started my own company. Um, you know, there was a marketing firm in 1987, uh, which was a long time ago. Well, let somebody else do the math on that. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, we have done everything in the marketing realm. We were early, early adopters in internet space. In fact, we were doing digital marketing before the word the internet existed, before Internet Explorer or Microsoft as a company had any type of a browser. Um, So we've been doing it for a little while. Um, And then we started, we uh, moved over to books in 2007. 2007, awesome. So you've been in the game a super long time. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so growing up, was marketing something that's on your mind, sales, or is it just a, a product of your environment? What got you into sales? I got you into marketing. I got you into books. So, uh, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm a third generation minister. My father was a pastor. One of the first things you learn um, in a pastor's home is, uh, you know, if you want to actually have money, you're going to have to do something besides what they're going to pay you there at the church. Typically there's a few exceptions, but not very many. Um, and actually at five, um, my older brothers, my parents had bought them some greeting cards and holiday napkins to sell, uh, to raise a little bit of money for themselves. And they pretty quickly found that they weren't really that thrilled with the concept of door to door sales and being a five-year-old, you know, all five-year-olds can do everything. They're all superheroes. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I was like, can I do it? <laughs> you know, and, and I'm sure that the thought amongst everybody was, um, you know, sure, let him go try. You know, he's going to get bored probably yeah. before he gets out of the front yard. Right. Um, and I, my brother even has told me that they would tell me, don't go to that house. We've already gone there. And they said, no, they're not interested. Yeah. Um, and of course, I was also fearless at five. So I would go there anyway. And and then they'd end up buying because sales at five is really easy. You know, all you got to do is be just even just the tiniest bit cute and uh, you you can get away with just about anything. And then that really started it. You know, I came back home with an empty bag and a pocket full of money. And and I've been basically in sales and marketing ever since. Nice. That's beautiful. And that ties so well into business coaching. I mean, I tried the sales and marketing, especially the door-to-door, and I was shockingly terrible at it. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, sales is a gift, especially when you're growing a business, you're trying to build a brand. So I think you got into it great from early, found, found what you're good at from early and excel at it. And that's beautiful. That's amazing. Um, what were the obstacles you would say you came across on that journey to get into where you are now? Like your biggest obstacles that, again, this is behind closed doors. So the obstacles that you didn't really discuss with your friends or your, your partner or anything like that is kind of just you in your headspace, in your room, just going through the motions. I mean, I think the thing that people don't understand, and it took me a long time to get there to understand why this is actually really helpful, um, is we all have our doubts and questions. Yeah. We all look at the upcoming need especially when we're in business where it means that if a sale doesn't happen there, you know, is the potential for there not to be a company anymore. You know, I mean, that's just the harsh reality of it. Regardless of what systems we have in place, we have to have that next customer come or it's the beginning of the end of the business. And, um, you know, behind closed doors, we all face that monster of, you know, what if it doesn't, you know, there's a pandemic, there's a this, there's a that. You know, there's a, we're assailed by information. Uh, some's true, some isn't. Most of it's just our own head trash um, that is telling us, uh, you know, maybe that was the last customer and maybe nobody else is going to. And um, what I discovered and uh, through different means, and, and we could talk about a few of them if you want to, but um, what I discovered is, is that it's that, Humility, meaning the understanding of what you can control and what you can't control, yeah. um, that allows you the capability to be great. And those moments are actually, they really serve you because they help you to remember that um, your part of the equation is to do what you can do. Um, and to begin to learn to absent yourself from the results, let that be the other side of the equation um, and live in that world where, and some of us, that's hard, live in that yep. world where we relinquish that control and let that be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what about the emotional effects? Because when I was doing the the sales and I wasn't selling and it affected me emotionally psychologically i would just get angry i'd get frustrated i'd be anxious i'd be going through different levels of stress and depression and i had a partner at the time and it was kind of trying to leave work with work be with her while i'm with her but sometimes it would it would intertwine where all i want to do is talk about work and talk about how i'm going to improve later or go through my pitch with her or just not want to do anything because i I need to get better at this thing so I can start making an income. How did you deal with that? How did you process that? Well, you said so many powerful things there. And I want to be clear that some of these things I learned through failure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I've been divorced twice, so I'm not trying to say that I did all of these right, but hindsight is always 2020, right? Um, really one of the best things you can do when you have a partner, a spouse, a girlfriend, uh, whomever that's there with you is to bring them in. Um, one of the things that makes us the most effective at what we do in life is 
our, our ability to be vulnerable. In our vulnerability comes a real valuability to people, makes yeah. us really valuable to the other person. Um, and for somebody that's safe, you know, if especially when you've gotten to the point in the relationship where that person is willing to live in your same space and put up with the idiosyncrasies of, you know, how you know, grumpy you are in the morning or whatever that might be, yeah. you know, yeah. um, that is the perfect person to really share that with and begin yeah. to create your own secret way of dealing with it. You know, I mean, I would definitely suggest humor, um, uh, you know, give her the space to say, what I really want you to do is take what I'm saying and then let's kind of make fun of it. Let's really yes. turn it almost into a comedy of, um, you know, these words that I say that are faux pas that I don't mean to say, but I say them over and over and over again, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and turn it into a drinking game between the two of us, you know, uh, because I'm always saying, you know, like I just did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just, just find the humor in, in, in those moments. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Definitely respect that. Okay. Um, so, Let's shift back into the the books. How do you articulate your creativity? So all this stuff that's going on in your head to put it down on paper and for it to do as well as, as it does. What is your process? So first of all, I want everybody to know everybody should be an author. Almost nobody is a writer. I've right. met some amazing writers. There are a few of them. Um, if a person is a writer, I'll give you a clue on it, all right? The kind of person that when you send them an email that's like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and they send you back this formatted, commas are in the right place, wonderfully eloquent discussion okay. via the typing, yeah. that person's a writer, okay? Right. Now, that isn't to say that you're any less of an author than they are. But that's a that's a gifting, just like anybody else. Okay, right. um, so let's forget about trying to add on the skill that most of us are never going to learn of being a writer, and let's focus on being an author. And the most powerful way to do that is just to simply do it via interview, get on okay. a call, not even unlike what you and I are doing right now, and have the person just ask you questions about that thing that you're passionate about and get you talking about that thing that you really love talking about um, right. and let the really good stuff come out that way. And then bring in others like story development editors that will help you shape and frame that into uh, what needs to be for the book you need to write. Okay, awesome. And how many chapters or pages makes a, a, a good book? Um, you know, I don't know that any number of chap, well, I know for sure, no number of chapters is going to make a book any better or worse. Yeah. Um, I read a Stephen King novel. Uh, this was a lot of years ago, actually, that the format that he did for it, chapter one was about two sentences and chapter two was maybe a paragraph and it, and it built. And that was just some kind of quirky thing that in his head um, yeah. and it was still a great story you know I mean I remember it because it was so different but it didn't really do anything I couldn't tell you how many chapters the book itself was yeah. um, the same thing's true with word count and page count and all of that what you really want to do 
because this is how we all learn. We learn things one at a time. Right. We take one step and we put one foot in front of the other. We yeah. can't take two steps at once. Um, you know, I mean, we can do some leaps forward, but even a leap forward is really a big step. Even if both yeah. of our feet are meeting, moving, it's still a big step. Um, and so we want to take a point, make it really clear, give the person a clear action from that point. Um, and then if there's a second point, uh, let that be book two. Okay, awesome. And how important is the title? Um, the title is important from the standpoint of, and this is where a lot of us miss it, done it myself, okay? Um, we tend to want to be shocking. Uh, we all of us want to come up with just the coolest title yep. that um, is going to make everybody be like, oh, what's that book about? You know, yeah. I wrote a book called Romeo, the Suicidal Parakeet. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, you immediately are like, wait, what was, you know, um, you know, and uh, the truth of the matter is, is what really works for book titles is what's the outcome. What is a person looking for? So when you, and again, a marketing company, I've been a marketing company forever. Um, I'm looking at, uh, you know, really the basic rudiments of how we live our life. We go to something like Google to search, you know, who's that actor on TV right now? You know, I mean, everything yeah. in our life, we don't remember anything anymore. We just go look it up on Google, right? Yeah, sure. um, and the same thing is true when it comes to our book title. It's not, the you know it's not the striking um eloquence it's what is the question the person's looking for what's the answer that they need so we don't want to talk to them about your house is a mess we want them to be like how could i get this house clean finally right you know um and so that's really what we want to be thinking about with titling is how do we you know, essentially appeal to a person searching on Google uh, yeah. for the answers that we're going to give them in that book. Yeah, so it would be like positioning with the, the results. So you're asking a question, of, if they're reading the book or if they're looking at Google, it's yeah. this is the result that you're looking for. Yes. And then you say it's about Okay, yes. awesome. Okay. And so for you now, so you've done 21 amazing books thus far um how do you level up where, where do you go from, from here well i mean those were the things that were on my heart my mind those particular days and i put them out and i just have uh things i want to say and things i want to do so for my personal book journey um, I probably got five or six others that I'm in the midst of writing right now. Um, as an idea comes to my head, I will begin to articulate it out. I do the same thing. Um, I, I turn on Zoom and I begin to self, if you will, um, interview myself and begin to get the rudiments of it out. And, and sometimes I go back at him and I'm like, that was really weak. And sometimes I go back at him and I'm like, wow, I really need to, you know, expand on that. And, Right. Um, you know, so it's always a journey of discovery. You know, you're going to be somebody different tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Yeah. And it's just about sharing who you are with the world to help that person that's a step or two behind you. That's 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 powerful. Okay. So let's go let's go a little bit deeper if we may. Yeah. 
as you say, we go through transitional phases from week from a week to a month to a year, and we all have our ups and downs. How do you deal with your downs, and what sort of downs are they? Well, I mean, I've had huge downs in life. You know, um, it was just a little more than a year ago that my father passed. Um, you know, and like you said, I've been divorced twice. Um, you know, we almost lost our youngest daughter to leukemia. She's good. She's fine. I always like to tell people that part of the story and not leave them, you know, wondering. Yeah, that's um, You know, the, that's a pretty big bomb when you start talking about those. But, um, you know, life has to be about something bigger than just this moment who you are, where you are. Um, life is really only as good as we're able to uh, really be the best that we can be. And, and I like to break that down. I usually do this in Facebook Lives. I talk about maximizing while it's called today. Um, a good friend of mine, his name was Ernie Villanueva. Um, he used to have a phrase. He said, yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is the only legal tender you can spend. And I love that phrase because it really articulates it. And it, when we look at the concept of maximizing while it's called today, how can I be the best me in this moment? Maybe we blew it five minutes ago. We've all done it, yeah. you know, and maybe there are things we need to say we're sorry for or, you know, that, but we can't change it. Uh, yeah. You know, even if we apologize, we can't, even when we want to take it back, we can't, you know, yeah. the best we can do is say, Hey, you know, I really blew it. Um, if there's something I can do to make up for it, I absolutely will. Yeah. Um, but that's as much as we can do. We can do what's right here and right now. Um, but then we have to move forward. Um, the yeah. same is true with tomorrow. You know, I mean, we all know what it's like when you're, you know, running through your life and then you get a report on the news that you need to just never leave your house ever again because yep. there's this thing running around the world that's going to kill us all, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, that's that's life. And, and if we lived today in fear of what if another pandemic breaks out tomorrow, then we lose the beauty and the wonder and the mystery of today. So that's right. what I do, you know, is... And there's a secret to that. So I'll give you a great secret, Dwayne. There is a psychological, a, a neurological, actually, um, yeah. thing. We are not capable of being in fear, stress, the quote-unquote negative emotions, and in service at the same time. When we are truly reaching out from ourselves and giving of ourselves, it is impossible for us to stay in that stressed out, that fear-based state. And so I say, you know, and, and a lot of times when we start, we're not 100% there. So the fear, you know, kind of has to fade away. But yeah. um, the best thing you can do is reach out from yourself and find something that you can do for somebody else. I mean, something as nice as just smiling at the person next door to you or whatever. Right, right, right. Okay. So those are some of the tips that you use to kind of stay grounded and, and, and find peace when there's destruction sometimes. Yes. Awesome. Okay. And how do you, how do I word this? How do you teach that to your children? 
or how do you plan on teaching that as they come of age? Well, of course, all of mine are grown now. So, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. yeah, all of mine are grown and have children of their own. You know? Oh, wow. So, um, uh, but, you know, I, I taught them the power of joy and the power of especially music. You know, I mean, in my in my in my young adult years, early 20s and stuff, I was actually a musician um, and our house was filled with music. And then, you know, I worked in music and church and stuff. And yeah. and sometimes all you can do, um, you know, is turn up the music really loud and just uh, I heard somebody use the phrase dance it out. You know, I mean, sometimes <laughs> yeah. all you can do is just go outside and howl at the moon. You know, I mean, it's yeah you know i mean and so that's that's the kind of things that i i instilled in my children especially when they were little is you know it's okay you know and it's safe to to feel what you're feeling your feelings aren't negative or scary or bad they're just something that needs to be felt and then allowed to go on so that the next the good feeling can come too awesome that's beautiful where do you go from here well, there's still a whole world of people that have stories to share. Um, you know, I'm looking for tens of thousands of people um, and even more importantly, the millions upon millions of people that they're going to help. Um, I want to help them share who they are with the world. Um, one person at a time, one story at a time, one message at a time to um, just take what you know now and share it with that person who doesn't know that. Right. And uh, how do you reach your audience or how does your audience get, get to you to support? So website wise, um, you know, I have a website called thrivingbestsellers.com um, and I do have a free gift I'll give your people here. Um, awesome. You know, in general, um, I'm on podcasts all over the place. I have a syndicated radio show that, that plays every week um, and I'm constantly on social media talking, you know, about some of the same kind of things that we talked about today. But as far as the free gift goes, if you go yeah. to ongoingwealthguide.com, that's ongoingwealthguide.com. Um, there's a really basic, I promise you it's not a 110 page book. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a really basic couple of page five-step program to help you really be able to, um, from a marketer standpoint, really be able to create that system that has that flow of um, you know, the process. So it's not about when I look at the bank account today, there's, you know, this masses of amounts of money in the bank today, but it's more about knowing that there's a process that I can go through mm -hmm. again and put yeah. money back into that bank account again. So ongoingwealthguide.com, that's a free gift to all your people. Ongoingwealthguide.com. Listen to that, folks. Ongoingwealthguide.com. Check it out. There's a free gift for you. Make sure you get involved. Now, why? Because you said everyone should be an author, right? Why? Why should everyone have a book? Why should everyone express themselves through literature? What's your take on that? Well, so there's the practical business inside. I know as a marketing company, uh, from personal experience, as well as with all the marketing, all the companies I've worked with, you will never maximize the potential, the revenue, the impact, the uh, everything with a product, good, or service 
if it isn't attached with best-selling author and a best-selling book. It just, that is the foundation that that house needs to be built on. It'll never be as good without it. You just can't meet, reach its full potential. Secondarily to that is the fact that everything that's in you from the fact that, uh, you know, you have a fun ritual that you roll around on the floor with your kids um, to the most deeply intense spiritual or business things that you may ever have come across your head and everything in between, everything that's in you is only as good as you share it. You already got it. It's already in you, but it's not going to do anything for you or the others until you give it away. And that's why everybody needs to take that thing and share it with somebody else. Awesome. And before we come to a close, if I approached you and I said, okay, I want to write a book. Um, the term best-selling is, is a bit of a stretch. I couldn't imagine saying, okay, I'm going to write a best-seller. I wouldn't even know where to start to write a best-seller or what that looks like. Um, so if I came to you and I said, okay, I want to do something amazing. If we can get to a best-seller, fantastic. But I want to write a book that people can enjoy. Uh, my, my background is in relationship to life coaching. How would you just run me through a small process? I know, I know you met earlier. You mentioned just talk about your passion, talk about what you love. Just listen to me express that. Um, how will we lay the foundations, or how could someone at home right now listening to this thinking, "I've always wanted to"? How would they lay that foundation? Yeah. So I mean, first it starts off with a strategy. Who am I talking to? What do they need? And what of what I do? is going to meet that need. Um, and then it's a matter of taking and just simply sharing that thing, um, walking a person through, here's what you're searching for, this is how to do it. Um, it doesn't have to be deep or intense. Um, it just needs to be honest and vulnerable and true. Here's the thing you're searching for, here's how to do it. Um, and then, and I do highly recommend that, um, and of course, obviously, I'd love for you to work with me. That's a whole different story. But that um, that you bring somebody outside of yourself um, at the stage of you having kind of put everything you think about in that area um, into paper or onto your computer or in, in an audio file um, and have a really, truly trained, uh, talented story development editor help you be able to look at what are the things that you think you said that you you're sure is there but they aren't actually there um mm -hmm. where are the places that uh, just don't make sense have them help you develop that uh what you have into the full arcing story that you need um that doesn't have to be a real arduous process it just you need somebody outside of you to be able to um, evaluate what is really there. Um, because when we read it, if we go back and read it ourselves, we're going to read what we know it should say, yeah. not what it actually, not what actually got put down. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. And what about imposter syndrome? So someone that's going to write a book about life or business or relationships or meditation, it's, we, we, we tend to feel like someone's already done it or someone 
is going to do it better. Why would someone listen to me? How do you instill that confidence to say, well, you can, and there's no way, that, that you don't have to worry about the competition. You're in your own sort of world. How do you, because that, that's something that'll come to my mind. Someone's already been doing it. Someone's doing it better than me. This is my first time. You know, why would I even bother? Well, so here's the thing. I mean, first of all, um, back way back in the Old Testament, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. Okay, that was give or take 4,000 years ago. So if there was already nothing new under the sun 4,000 years ago, the probability that you're going to come up with something uniquely brilliant that nobody else has ever even ever thought of is pretty slim. Um, so let's let's set that aside from from our pressure on ourselves. Um, beyond that, um, and again, I'll go back to even using my kids. There are these things that we say to our children, and we say it over and over and over again, and it's just... Uh, you know, it's like it doesn't quite, it's like it bounces off of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they will come home from school one day and they'll be like, guess what? The teacher said, and you want to look at them, you know, you, you don't want to stifle their creativity. What you want to look at them is be like, duh, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> you know, you don't. But um, the same thing is true for the person that your book is meant for. It's not that you're going to not say something, um, you know, that nobody else has ever imagined. It's a matter of that it's going to somehow cut through and be like that same message was to that child. And you're going to be like, they're going to be like, I get it. Finally, two plus right. two does equal four. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Got you. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's amazing because I do, I myself have recently thought about writing a book um i've written a few ebooks and i'm in the process of writing quite a long ebook and then i and then my wife was saying why don't you just turn it into a book and my first thought was like you know you got to be a certain type of person to write a book that was my first thought and i'm throughout school college i've never been the most my teachers always say elaborate more i'm the kind of person that i tell you what you need to know and then that, that's about it i don't really do the elaboration as such uh, but i'm working on it so yeah maybe that's something we could talk more about uh, privately um and yes i do know other people that has written books or thinking about writing books so again you can always send them over to your direction as well um is there anything you want to finish off of any information you can pass on to uh to the listeners, whether it be about business or it be about books or just be about life in general. I want everybody to understand how important they are, how special and unique and wonderful and different in a good way that they are. Um, you know, even though I said before, you're never going to come up with anything that is brand new, unique, you already did. You are the lottery winner of the world. You came into existence by the literal moving of the entirety of all of creation for you to even come into existence. It's an absolute total miracle that you are here um, and you're here for a reason. And that reason becomes the most amazing when you're able to take who you are, whatever you are, and just simply share that with just one person. It doesn't have to be the whole universe you save. To be able to take somebody who's drowning 
or who is in a desert dying of thirst and hand them a glass of water. That is life and breath for them. And please don't discount yourself. Do and be who you are because somebody's waiting on you. Wow. That's that's deep. And that's exactly what I think a lot of people do want to hear. A lot of people, especially since COVID, <clears throat> the whole mental health conversation has been more than ever before. A lot of people are overwhelmed, stressed, frustrated, anxious, depressed. And I think a lot of people do need to understand how unique they are, as you said, um, and how much of a blessing a lot of them are. Um, and blessings show and come in different ways as well. So it's just about taking a step back and realizing, find your blessing, find your path, find your passion. And, you know, hopefully put that in a book, you know, and express that to everyone else. That's beautiful. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, uh, Steve Kidd, best-selling author, business coach, radio show host. Um, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, we'll be on another podcast again at some point. Uh, by the time this this recording goes up, most likely we'd have already done a lot of the marketing. So all the pictures, all the images, all the links to where you, where they can find you and listen to you will be uh, updated and ready to go. Thank you so much, Dwayne. I appreciate being here with you today. Thank you so much, Steve. You have a fantastic Easter and a fantastic rest of the week. You too. Thank you. Take care.